KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore Tulsa, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, TotallyTickets.com presents the Franchise Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Postgame Show on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Tuesday evening, all you Thunder basketball fans and franchise listeners, and welcome into this exciting edition of the Franchise Thunder Post Take. Oh, whatever. First Take Thunder something. Franchise Thunder it's, First Take it's Post the, Game It's show. the OKC82 podcast. It is it's, also the OKC82 podcast. Yes, Brady, you are so right. You're right. You are so right. Hello, everybody. Welcome into our show. I am Madison Morris. I am sitting here next to the ever so lovely Brady Trantham, who has some gnarly hair tonight. My, my hair. <laughs> my, I can't. I can't. I can't hear anything through it my hair. It looks so great. Also, on the other side of the glass, <laughs> keeping us here on the radio and doing an awesome job at it is our lovely Ryan Chapman. Hello. Hey. How are you guys? Just well, wait a minute. If Danny. he's lovely and I like, okay, like I was really. I, I called you lovely. Yeah. Well, so my ego was like all the way up here and then you called <laughs> Ryan lovely and now I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, it's just like it's leveled just, out then. It's just token. It's just a token word she throws out, Ryan. You yeah, know but, what? But JK. She spent so much time complimenting your hair. She I did. Didn't, she didn't compliment me. She just Well, Ryan, said your lovely. hair looks fabulous Would you as stop always? insulting okay. our producers? Okay, then I'm going to stop talking about <laughs> you guys and we're going to talk about uh, the guys who just put on a grand performance over in Brooklyn, New York. The Oklahoma City Thunder, they took this game into overtime. They did a hell of a job doing it. And they came out on the high side at 111 to 103 over the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Guys, this was an exciting game for the Thunder just because it looks like it may go real south for them and they might go two and two on this road trip. But they said, nope. And we're going to take this into overtime. And Chris Paul is going to be clutch. And he is going to do everything in his power to make sure this team wins this game. Guys, it was awesome. Let's break it down. Yeah. um, If if you're trying to describe the Oklahoma City Thunder this season, this is about the perfect game to show somebody. If they have no idea what's going on, this is about the perfect game. Uh, Brooklyn, like you were right, Madison, this game had the potential late third quarter, early fourth quarter to really go south for Oklahoma City. And a lot of it was just because Brooklyn was, they weren't doing anything spectacular. They were just getting so many high percentage shots. I mean, they outscored the Thunder 56 to 36 in the paint. And watching this game, they looked like Lob City for like a second. DeAndre Jordan was doing stuff. Jared Allen just Jared Allen had something on Mike Muscala. And I'm sorry, Madison, I know you love you some Mike Muscala, but Mike Muscala just he he needs to take this game film and bury it, burn it. He needs to do something and just forget about it because Jared (laughs) Allen just owned him for the entirety of the game. But late mid midpoint of the fourth quarter, late of the fourth quarter is when the clutch Oklahoma City Thunder came to town. And uh, entering the fourth quarter, Chris Paul had 16 points. Mm-hmm. Or no, he had eight points, excuse me. He scored 16 points mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter, tied the game, had a, had a chance to potentially take the lead, had an unfortunate turnover. Spencer Didwitty on the other end for Brooklyn goes up and just throws up some, I don't know what he was thinking. But he, he wasn't thinking. He was just trying. Uh, misses a bank shot. Forces overtime. Chris Paul then takes them home. Four points. Shea Gillis-Alexander with four points as well in overtime. 
Uh, just spectacular clutch basketball by Chris Paul. Spectacular clutch defense by Terrence Ferguson, mm-hmm. uh, Stephen Adams, even Chris Paul on some on the defensive glass. Just again, if you want to focus on the 2019-20 Thunder, just watch this game. No, Perfect example yeah, for sure. I thought this was a really good showing of the Thunder because, yeah, like Brady was saying, it did get a, it didn't necessarily get like out of hand at uh, any point in this game. Brooklyn only led by seven. That was their highest lead of this entire game, but it felt like it should have been a lot more just because Brooklyn was getting a lot of timely shots. They had guys that were able to hit threes really well. They had guys who were able to just really own uh, Steven Adams, Mike Muscala. Uh, the Thunder didn't have Danilo Gallinari tonight, so they really were with a or little bit well. Yeah, no Nerlens also. They they needed Nerlens tonight, especially in the, in the middle part of the game where Brooklyn started to kind of force their will. On the Thunder, yeah. they needed Nerlens to come back them up, not Mike Muscala. No, they did not because Mike Muscala he uh, he decided to take his shooting roles and it didn't go so well. He was 0 of five from the three point line tonight. Uh, he was two of eight overall. He shot two of two from the free throw line, but he only ended up with six points. He had eight rebounds, so he was able to catch some pretty good boards, I guess. Um, however, yeah, I think this game was really missing Nerlens Noel just because uh, someone needed to come in and back up Steven. I thought Steven and Ryan and I kind of talked about this in uh, the podcast that we did last night. We have seen Steven just become this very big aggressive force who looks a lot more athletic. He looks like he's not dealing with pain that he has been dealing with. He's just been super aggressive. He has been awesome on the rebounds. And tonight, I mean, it was really no difference. He had 14 defensive rebounds, four offensive rebounds, 18 overall, scored 10 points. I mean, Steven was awesome. He was really, really uh, crucial in kind of the latter half because there were just times that he was diving for rebounds. He was fighting for them. He wasn't allowing DeAndre Jordan to completely own him all the time. And so that was good. I thought he looked good. Ryan, would you agree? Yeah, I thought that he continued a lot of the really good things he did last night. But most importantly, he just provided some stability in the lane that they were severely missing. And you you guys have already talked about it, but anytime Steven left and Muscala came in, it was just an assault with both Dudley and DeAndre just going straight to the rack every single time. And Adams, he's no longer, he, he wasn't just a uh, deterrent. He was, he, he was an animal grabbing boards left and right. And uh, yeah, like we said last night, he finally looks healthy and that's kind of come to fruition. And there was a time tonight where he just lays out for no reason you would think and nabs loose ball, mm-hmm. starts the break going again. And uh you love what you gotta. You gotta love what you're seeing from Stephen Adams right now. Stephen Adams oh, hates sure. high draft picks. He's like, no, I'm diving for that ball. <laughs> He's like, I'm not I don't letting want this happen. Picks. Also, I refuse to say anything bad about Mike Muscala. Well, I know, I know. Like, uh, you can't make is, me do it. This is a little bit of a conflict of interest. I'm aware of that, but it is. I, mean, I am bless his, his number heart. one fan. Mike Muscala, talented human being, handsome human being. Was not very good at the basketball sport tonight. No, he wasn't. I saw a lot of Mike uh, Muscala hate on Twitter tonight. Two of eight from the floor. Two of eight from the floor. Oh, five from the three point line. Two of two from the free throw lines. Finished with six points. Um, You know, the Thunder bench, you know, not bad. You know, they're missing Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel is a very key piece to this bench, and he can give you anywhere from eight to 12 points a night. Like, he's that talented. Um, but you go down the bench score, and you've got six from Muscala. Abdul Nader with seven points, who hit a very clutch three, and we'll get to this. He all, did. Yeah, we'll get to all that later. Abdul Nader with seven points. Dennis Schroeder, 14, a low-scoring game for him over the last two months. Uh, Hamadou Diallo with six points. Deontay Burton with three. Just a, a little bit of everything from everybody, and they certainly needed it because this game got so sloppy. This game was a, this was a sloppy game throughout most of it, and then yeah. the fourth quarter, the midpoint happened. Chris Paul took him home. Oh, no, I... 
totally agree. I thought this game, it was really sloppy because it was a lot of turning the ball over and not taking care of it. That's something that Billy Donovan, he preaches every single game, beforehand and afterwards. He either says they didn't take care of the ball or they need to, and that's going to be the key to this. And that was a big thing, especially going into this back-to-back, because I believe Brooklyn played last night too, right? Yes, this was also yeah, the second so round of a back-to-back, back-to-back for them. For and, it, and it showed, like, both teams played sloppy basketball. Yeah, both teams played sloppy basketball. And beforehand, it was kind of a big thing. Billy Donovan, he was really adamant about, hey, you know, this is the second night of a back-to-back. We're going to have to crack down on defense. That's going to be the biggest thing for them. And I just, that wasn't necessarily the case because it was all about the turnovers. Brooklyn turned the ball over tonight 17 times compared to Oklahoma City's 15 yeah, it just looks like every single play was turnover after turnover. No one was able to take care of it. It was just a lot of sloppy ball handling, and I really think that's why this game, it, it wasn't supposed to be as close as it was. I don't think that Oklahoma City and Brooklyn were supposed to go into an overtime game where it was going to be super neck and neck. I didn't see that being the case for this game at all, and I just really think it's because no one was able to take care of the ball tonight. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. And I mean, also, I think that it was a byproduct of a lot of the just really weird lineups that the Thunder were forced to throw out tonight <laughs> with both Nerlens and Gallo out. There were some times where yeah, we I mean, were looking at each other just like, well... With under four like, minutes right. to play in the in the in a tight fourth quarter game, I think the Thunder had Hamadou Diallo and Abdul Nader on the floor at the same time. Well, they they, <laughs> in, they entered the fourth quarter with, it was, uh, God, what, it was Schroeder, Chris Paul, and then Nader, Burton... And Diallo mm. all in the floor. Burton, like, shout out. Friend of the podcast. Hello. Yeah. Friend of the podcast, Mr. Deontay Burton. Also uh, related to Matt. You, whose place you're taking, right? You're right. doing a very good job. You're doing by a the great way. job. Thank, thank you. I just need to find another Thunder player with the last name Chapman, or I just need to change my last name. Uh, so we'll, can... we'll get you one. All those draft picks. My name now. is Ryan Gildas Alexander. Nice <laughs> to meet you all. That can hey. be your next one. Uh, but hey, I know we've talked about like a bunch of different guys. We're going to talk more about Chris Paul. Ryan, if you want to go ahead, we're going to talk about uh, the Thunder player of the game here in a second so you can get that all fired up. Uh, but yeah, just a lot of good stuff coming from Chris Paul. Uh, I would definitely say that he would be my Thunder player of the game. I mean, obviously, for obvious reasons. So Ryan, just go ahead and fire it up and let's talk about it. Now, the franchise Thunder player of the game brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmond. So obviously... Chris Paul has taken on this clutch role for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and rightfully so. This guy, he has a lot of fight in him for someone who has been in the league for as long as he is. He has done such a good job, and it's not even just him making his timely shots, making his clutch mid-range shots. It's not all about that. It's the way that he is able to just orchestrate this team. I mean, we saw it on TV multiple times tonight. He's getting in up there in the huddle. He's really clapping his hands at his guys. He's encouraging them. I mean, we don't know what he's saying, but he's telling us in the locker room after home games, you know, I talk to these guys. I'm very verbal. And the guys will agree with that. And so I think Chris Paul overall shot 9 of 15. He was 4 of 8 from the three-point line, 6 of 6 from the free throw line, uh, had 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 28 points, like Brady was saying kind of earlier. A lot of those came in the fourth quarter as well as overtime. That's just, you know, that's a clutch player right there. That's what this team needed. They need a big-time leader because they did have that and a guy like Russell Westbrook all these years. And now Russell's gone, and so Chris is really taking on this role. I think that he... Is just evolving and evolving every single game with this Thunder team. And I mean, Thunder fans are probably pretty excited to see it because that's, you know, that's big time for him. If you just go to Google and type in NBA player clutch stats, you'll it'll take you to stats.nba.com and it'll it'll have a list of all these players and it'll have tallied um 
it'll rank them according to how many games that they played in those clutch situations. The first four players are from Oklahoma City because they're Chris Paul, 27, Shea Gilles Alexander, 27, Danil Gallinari, 24, Dennis Schroeder, 24. And then you look at the scoring, like all these clutch numbers, like this is what this team is. They are just, they know what their identity is. They know how to play basketball with each other at this point, 30 plus games into the year. And all those mistakes that they would make early on in the season where they would die in the third quarter or where they just couldn't get get over the hump in these clutch situations, they figured it out. And now they're just reigning, like they're just conquering every NBA team in their path now with just the clutch scoring, with defense, rebounding. I mean, you name it. The Thunder can do this um, on a consistent basis in the fourth quarter. They've certainly done it tonight. And, you know, like Chris Paul, yeah, 20 points in the fourth quarter um, and overtime included. Shakos Alexander also with eight points. Nothing to really write home about. Um, But in a game where scoring was really hard throughout, if you can score eight points in a clutch situation... I mean, that's going to mean something. Oh, and then sure. he hit his free throws late in overtime. I believe he had four free throws in overtime. Um, you can hit clutch free throws on the road. You're probably going to win. Oh, no, for sure. And, like, I thought kind of like a vital thing that they were able to crack down on was defense because they had Brooklyn taking some lousy, lousy panic shots in overtime. And that's exactly what you want to get your opponent to do because you're going to take them into overtime. You don't want them to have all this confidence saying, you know, okay, you know, we're going to go into overtime. We're just going to completely own this quarter. It's going to be us. We're going to win this game. Like, no, you want to put so much pressure on your opponent that they do take those lousy, jacked-up shots. And I thought that's exactly what they made guys like Spencer Denwoody do. Uh, even guys like, I don't even know who's out there, Jared Allen. It was just, it looked so bad for Brooklyn. And they just looked panicked. They looked unprepared. They looked unenergized. And so that's like a big shout-out, too, because the Thunder, they cracked down on defense. Uh, they applied pressure at the right moments, and I think that's why they were able to just ensure this confidence, not only in each other, but in themselves, just going forward, and they won in overtime, so good for them. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree, especially in overtime, just because it's easy to forget. I know both teams were coming off a of back-to-back, but the Thunder's defense was absolutely suffocating in that overtime period. The closing out, the going the extra two steps to really close out on the three-point shooters in overtime. It's That's just the difference between what the Nets were doing tonight and what the Thunder have been doing the last month and a half of the season. I don't think the Nets were prepared for this kind of game. They didn't look it. I mean, they're, they did at first. They're but... going in the wrong direction, and <laughs> a lot of it isn't really on them. No. I mean, they. Uh, you don't say no to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving when they're like, hey, we just want to play basketball here. I mean, okay. Okay, but you're but you know Kevin Durant fighting. obviously he that's a punt on this year he wasn't going to play Kyrie Irving uh, who knows if he's even going to be able to return this season with his uh, shoulder injury but yeah. it's just uh, Brooklyn it's gross over it, there it, it, it's a shame because I liked what Kenny Atkinson with the Nets has been doing over the last few yeah. years where they were just a basement dweller he instilled a system and an identity kind of not the same identity the Thunder have but it's nice when you see a team really take on to coaching and take on to an identity and get better over time. The Nets were certainly a part of that. Now, when Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving come back and play on the same team at the same time, they, you know, who knows? They might Different be better. Story, yeah. They might be better just because of the talent um, gap. But at the end of the day, it's just uh, they're gross. they're not. Brooklyn's not a good team, but the Thunder won a road game 
um, after losing on the ah. first night of a back to back. You can't. That's that's commendable. No, good for them though. But they do go three and one on this road trip. They're going to come home, and we'll go ahead and take a break because we have more to talk about with this game. We have more to talk about with what's coming up on Thursday, even Saturday. They have a big matchup at home. There's still a lot more Thunder talk to uh, talk it over. So stick with us here on the franchise. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, we'll talk more about it. So you're listening to the. Let's see if I get this right. The franchise thunder first take post game show yeah yeah here on 1077 the franchise 1079 in tulsa welcome back to the oklahoma city thunder first take thunder post game show presented by totallytickets.com on 1077 the franchise and 1079 the franchise tulsa oh yes welcome back into our basketball show where we talk about basketball and rugby and <laughs> and fishing because, you know, everyone cares about that. But we're not going to talk about fishing tonight because you it's said, not that important. But oh, look, okay. look at you over there. Okay, Brady. So mature thou is. That's enough. Uh, we're going to talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder and how they were able to defeat the Brooklyn Nets tonight in overtime at 111-103. to 103. In case you did not get to catch the game, basically breaking it down for you real quick, Chris Paul is an absolute legend here in Oklahoma City. And, uh, yeah, they Chris played some Paul. good basketball. Yeah, um, George Stoya, the uh, sports director, writer, guy from the OU Daily, he actually asked us a question. I don't oh, know did? if you guys caught it on Twitter. Oh, I did not. Um, he asked, and this, you know, open this up to Ryan and Madison, um, is Chris Paul the best player on the planets? And he will take that question off the air. Oh, off the air. We can answer it here on the air. Um, yes. Well, he is off the air. I don't know. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's a good question, George. Um, we can all, we can all talk about it over, you know. Over some, over tea and strumpets. Over tea and strumpets. Chris Paul, yeah, no, I'm down. Chris Paul's really good. Um, He's a really good basketball player. Uh, Brian Windhorse podcast on ESPN. He actually had our good friend uh, Royce Young on from ESPN, and uh, they actually were talking. They somebody posed the question, "Who's the All Star? If you had to choose one, Ro- um, Russell Westbrook or Chris Paul?" Ooh. Now Russell Westbrook has the All Star level numbers, like yes. he's, the the scoring. The assists, you know, he impacts the game from a basic box score standpoint. Plus, he's exciting. You know, he's got that all-star flair. Chris Paul has... It's it's really... He he wouldn't be an all-star. Like, I I understand that. But if you're talking about, like, what player helps their team win, and not just win games, like, in the short term, but put them on a path to win at a consistent basis, then Chris Paul's done that. And Chris Paul's done it at an all-star level. He's not going to be an all-star, but... After not watching him every single night for the last three years covering the Thunder, I, I really forgot how good of a player yeah. he is. And, I mean, tonight was just another example of, like, no, this guy's still top 20, top 25 player in the world. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, top 20, top 25? No, that's still incredibly good. Yeah. He's an elite player, and he showed it tonight. Guys, I am the worst human being in the entire world because when Chris Paul first got traded here to Oklahoma City, I looked... I didn't look at you, Ryan. You weren't here yet. But I looked at you, Brady. I looked at Jerry. I looked at John. And I said, guys, this is a disaster waiting to happen. He is a walking injury. He's older. He's not going to contribute much of anything. I think he's just going to be, you know, a face and a name that people are going to be somewhat excited about, except for me. Oh, my gosh. Has he proved me so wrong? Because I think I agree exactly with what Brady said, because he is a guy who sets people up for success. He is an encourager. He is a verbal communicator with these guys. I especially think guys like Deontay Burton, Hamadou Diallo, Shea Gildas-Alexander, Terrence Ferguson, 
everything that I said about those guys, the thing they have in common is they are young and they are still learning and they are still evolving and growing in this game. They have been so... They've just been active. They've been aggressive. They've showed so much progress under Chris Paul. And they're not even 40 games in yet. They're not even halfway through the season. And I've seen so much progress. Oh, wait, they're not? They're not yet. Oh, I believe this was 37. We're getting there. Oh, Trucking no. right along. <laughs> When's the trade deadline? <laughs> yeah, bad news, guys. We still have a long season ahead. But... It's going to be fun because I have been so intrigued by what Chris Paul has brought to this brought to this franchise so far. I mean, they have so much more season to play and he has just become he kind of went from, you know, not doing much but still being a good veteran here in Oklahoma City. He kind of went to okay, he's now starting to take more shots. He's starting to look like a little bit more of like a vintage Chris Paul. And now everyone's like, this guy is clutch. He is the guy that needs to be taking the shots towards the end of the game. He's the guy that they need to rely on to take the shot. I'm I'm so impressed with this guy right now, y'all. I can't even get over it. Well, you obviously underestimated the impact the plant-based diet was going to have. I definitely City did, because I like chicken. But who yeah, like you said, who would have I thought? tried the Impossible Burger. Uh, it's just not for me. <laughs> can't do it. It might work for you, the listener out there driving that semi-truck. You might like your plant-based diet. It just Go doesn't work it. for me. Can't do it. But yeah, who would have thought that Chris Paul would end up being like the perfect player for this era of Thunder basketball to to set Shea and Schroeder and Burton up for the future? Yeah, and and still be able to produce for now. It's just something that we're not used to seeing here in Oklahoma City. No, like I've talked about this ad nauseum, and I feel like if I'm annoying you, if you've listened to the OKC82 podcast out there, if you've listened to our post game shows, like I'm, I'm sorry, but. It's important that your young players understand how to make winning plays in winning basketball games. Like, You don't want to be the Phoenix Suns with Devin Booker where you're just like, all right, go out there, take about 20 to 25 shots, you'll get points, you'll get buckets, but you'll lose by 15. Like, If that becomes Bar. what you are, then that's what you expect when you go out to the floor. Yeah. Jacobs Alexander played for a winning franchise last year at the Clippers. They made the playoffs. He's playing for a winning, winning franchise right now, playing with a winning mentor, winning point guard with Chris Paul. This is good. This is very good for the trajectory of the franchise moving forward. I totally agree. Well, I would hope so, Madison. I totally We see each other all the time, and if you disagree with me, I'll be very upset and cry. (laughs) Uh, Brady, I rarely disagree with you ever, so it's fine. Boomer. Anyway, we're going to move on now because I don't agree with that. Hey, uh, Ryan, I want to give you a chance to get on here a little bit because there were some other games that happened in this uh, here league tonight. Not a ton here on a lovely Tuesday evening. And in fact, there's still one going on. So uh, I kind of want to hear from Ryan right now. He's going to take us around the association and tell us what else is uh, going on out there. Let's go around the association for an NBA scoreboard update. Brought to you by Oklahoma Operation Lifesaver. Turns out, really bad night in the league to be a home team. We already saw the Thunder, obviously, went into Brooklyn and won. The Cavaliers fell as well at home. The Pistons on the road, oh, a 115-113 to 113 victory oh, that over sucks. Cleveland. Oh, that sucks. That's a close one. Yeah, and the, well, another close one in, in Toronto is we saw Melo return. The, the ascendancy, a 101-99 Carmelo Anthony is clutch. You heard it here. For Portland over the Raptors. As we said, Melo with a go-ahead shot with, what, three seconds left in that game. The Grizzlies, the lone home team to win tonight, 119-112 to 112 over the Timberwolves. Then we've got two games in progress. The Suns cruising against the Kings right now. They're up 83-69 to 69 with two and a half minutes left in the third. That's not nice. And just tipped off. Lakers and Knicks from LA. So no score there. Literally just tipped off. But that has been around the association. Well done, sir. 
Thank you. That was very, very good. I like that. Interesting matchups going on tonight. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Also, mm. yes, Carmelo Anthony is very clutch. Yeah, I will is. live and die by that. No one can change my mind. Oh, that sweet melon. <laughs> Mel- Melo was like my favorite player Same. forever. Same. Because it didn't matter if he was helping the team or hurting the team. You knew that Melo was going to go out and he was going to do Melo. And I loved that. Yes. I couldn't stand Carmelo Anthony. I told I told him that the first day we met him. I was like, I was 11 or 12 years old and you beat the crap out of Hollis Price in the Sweet 16. No, I don't like you. Fair. That's yeah, fair. He was like, no, nah, he smiled. Nah, it, was, it, was, it was good nature. Brady, it's okay. Top Dog's coming back. It's okay. Ah, uh, Yes best news ever uh, i was very happy uh maybe the lloyd noble might be half full this time i'll, I'll let there. you two converse about yeah, this i'll be there. I'm very uh not well versed in top dog i had asked ryan what that was last night and he gave me a good explanation of it i felt like i i knew I, a little bit more about i was top dog. gushing a little bit but that's okay ryan cried only twice I, it's fine i am gonna be probably i don't think i'll be the only one in media row next tuesday that sheds real man tears when Top Dog makes his grand return to the LNC. I mean, it's fine. I still cry every time Bullet comes out onto the field. Every time. Who's Don't blame Bullet? Me. What you about know. BB? Do you cry when BB comes I out I love BB, field? but no, BB doesn't have like the same significance. Cause, Former like, Big 12 Commissioner Dan BB. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> this is a basketball show. About, no, no, no. About professional basketball players, not... Um, implied student athletes. Okay. <laughs> 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 Got him. Well, we can transition back into this game tonight because, um, yeah, I guess there's a little bit more to break down about this. What do you guys think about Terrence Ferguson right now? This was kind of a hot topic on good, Thunder Twitter. Good defense late in the game tonight. Yes, I kind of want to talk about him a little bit because Ryan and I, we had a in-depth conversation, if you may, yep. about Terrence Ferguson last night. I, we didn't say anything atrocious about him. However, we did say that right now I'm trying to figure out what his role is still in the starting lineup. Brady, I kind of want to get your take in this too because I, I saw a few things on Thunder Twitter tonight that I, I I didn't really like notice at first, but I totally agree with. And I think it's you know the past like week or two weeks of games we've seen him become a little bit more aggressive we see we've seen him set himself up a little bit better not trying to take those same old shots corner three stay out of it now he's starting to at least get you know a little bit more around the perimeter he's starting to stay in the paint a little bit more i've kind of liked the way that terrence ferguson has been playing at least the past week yeah um i mean even tonight like he did something a little different he went out in the fast break and finished and he finished with the euro step i mean the thing with terrence is he as athletic as he is, as quick as he can be, he's not really much of a factor, if at all, like on the fast break. And it's a lot of it's just because he's really timid around the rim. And that might be because he's so he's so small. He's but at the same time, Hamadou Diallo is not that much bigger than him. Hamadou Diallo does not care if anyone's in front of him. And sometimes it works against him because he'll get an offensive foul. <laughs> but the fear is not in Hamadou Diallo as it is in Terrence Ferguson when he gets closer to the rim. But tonight you saw a little bit of that. And yeah, I mean, I guess like the shot's been falling at a, at a higher consistency over the last two to three games. So that that's good. At the end of the day with Terrence, like you need him for his defense right now. And he's a... He's a very solid, very dependable defender when he's not in foul trouble. Yes. He showed that late tonight. He made some key defensive stops late in this game on Spencer Didwitty. Um, but at the end of the day, I just I don't I'm at the point now where I don't expect anything out of him offensively. And it, and if he scores at the ball goes through the hoop, it's a bonus for the Thunder. I expect more out of Hamadou Diallo from the offensive end. And you know, Hami was one of four from the floor tonight with six points. Terrence Ferguson three of seven, seven points. 
There's not that much difference between the two of them. Um, Terrence simply made a few more shots, but yeah, I have more. I have more confidence that Hami can do something with the basketball in his hands over Terrence Ferguson. But you know, maybe that's because Hami comes off the bench. Terrence plays with the starters, so that that role is a little bit more defined for him. Yeah. But um, at third year at this point, like we know what Terrence Ferguson is. Uh, I mean. That's just what it is. Yeah, no, that's kind of what Ryan and I talked about last night because I like the athleticism that Hamadou Diallo brings to the floor because, like Brady said, he is fearless. He is not afraid to drive into the rim. Yeah, that can get him in foul trouble sometimes, but we've seen Terrence Ferguson play some sloppy defense as well. Um, yeah, he's been a little bit better at that, but I like what Hami can produce when he is able to actually produce. I, I mean, obviously tonight, not the greatest. He didn't really contribute all that much. Um, I I still like his aggression over Terrence because, yeah, they're about the same size. I think Hamidou's a little bit more filled out, but I think that Hamidou, he's such a valuable player to come off the bench just because of what he can produce when he's out there. And I think that's so important to have guys, especially like Dennis Schroeder. Obviously, he comes off the bench. I like sometimes what Abdul Nader can produce when he does it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just you have to have those like super valuable bench players, but you also have to, um, I guess, know your role if you're in the starting lineup, which I don't know if Terrence knows it yet, but I mean, he's well, been out there for like two straight seasons now, so... Apparently, like, there's audio of Chris Paul just praising Terrence Ferguson. Ryan, did you get that? Oh, heck yeah. Want to go ahead and play it? That's huge, man, and like I say, Terrence Ferguson, uh, if y'all ever see us arguing, it's because he didn't shoot the ball. He gives himself up every night to defend and play hard for this team, never complains about shots, and uh, he, he he's... Unbelievable player and great teammate. Keep it up. Appreciate it, 3D. All right, CP3. Chris Paul just instilling confidence in everybody. Chris Paul is the dad of this organization. You know, he's like the dad. He's like, good job, kid. You did good, son. I'm super proud of you. What does that make Billy Donovan? Billy Donovan, he... I saw the funniest tweet about this, actually. It was like, uh, the Thunder has two head coaches, but one actually plays the game. And it was Chris Paul and Billy Donovan. It was funny. Billy Donovan played for the Knicks. He got a cup of coffee with the Knicks back in the day. Yeah, but Billy's like old and he just he just plays. Gosh, I man, mean, said everybody play. is old play. to you. I'm a young gun. You're tw- you're in your mid-20s. I'm 24 and thriving. How yeah. old are you, Ryan? 23. Oh, I'm going to tell you something, Madison. I remember when I was 24. Yeah? I'm 29 now. It's, <laughs> it's all downhill from here. No! Don't say that. Oh gosh, I don't, I don't ever like, want to. You're do about that. to sign your max extension, and then all it's going to be is like, I don't know if Madison's going to be the same when she's 32, making 60 million a year. Oh my gosh, I don't like this at all. That's just the way the game's played. Yuck. Well, uh, speaking of the way the game is played, we're going to plug our ears because Ryan, I have this segment set up right now where we need to talk about some good stats, maybe some gross stats, but we're going to hear from a kitty cat. For that, and now I'm Are you deaf. deaf. Yeah, so if I say something that doesn't make any sense, just ignore it. Okay, my sack hat tonight is going to be something that we kind of already touched on, but I want to go back to it just because it was so vital. And uh, that's going to be the fact that Oklahoma City outscored Brooklyn in overtime 10 to 2. And that's huge right there. Brooklyn only made one shot in overtime because of what I talked about earlier. They were panicked and they were unprepared. They were not ready for it. 
and Oklahoma City cracked down on defense. They were able to really provide a lot of pressure there in overtime, and they outscored them big time to take that win. So uh, that's huge. I really thought, like, guys like Chris Paul, Shea Gilders, Alexander, um, yeah, just, uh, it, was, it was good, y'all. I love good overtime games because... Obviously, this season, that was a big talk when this game first went into overtime. You know, Thunder, they have not lost a game in overtime yet. This would be so ew if they lose to Brooklyn in overtime. <laughs> and they didn't because they were able to do exactly what they've been doing all season. If the game does go into overtime, they're able to crack down. They're able to get real serious. They're able to get aggressive. Mm. And I loved all of it. Yeah, you did. Every minute of overtime, I'm like, that you, is a good team right there. You know, no, no, no. You're a liar. You hate overtime. The whole time you're like, no, oh. No, no, no. I mean, like, I, I hate overtime in general, but I love it when it's like a successful overtime for the team that we have to cover. You hate overtime in theory. You love it in practice. I see what you're saying. Sure. I like we it. We can go with that. It, it does make our night a little bit longer. No, but I guess, I guess my stat cat's going to be six. And it's going to be the combined points of Hamadou Diallo and Abdul Nader's fourth quarter threes. Hamadou Diallo with about three and a half, four minutes to go in the game. And I believe Brooklyn had that seven-point lead. And it was looking like, oh, goodness, the, this game could get away from the Thunder pretty quickly. Hamadou Diallo, of all people, left wi- wide open in the corner all alone and hits the three. I mean, if we're talking about Hamadou Diallo, that's going to be the thing for him moving forward. Can he get a jump shot? With that hitch, I don't know. But he took that thing with confidence and hit it. And stride, yeah, he did, and that helped put Abdul Nader in a position to where he was in a similar spot from the elbow instead of the corner to hit a three, and that set the stage for Chris Paul to go do his thing. Without Hamadou Diallo's three and Abdul Nader's three, I don't know if Chris Paul has enough in the tank that late in the game to take it home for the Thunder. Yeah, no, that was really good for them because I like seeing different guys have their moments. I feel like the past couple of seasons for Oklahoma City. Yeah, for obvious reasons, it was usually, you know, if one guy is going to have a real shining moment, there are probably maybe two people that you can choose from. And it's going to be either Russell or it's either going to be Paul George. And both those guys are gone now. And so my biggest thing... They're never coming back. They're never coming back. They're banished. Um, My biggest thing is that I love seeing different guys step up and it's not always an expected like, oh, you know, Chris Paul is going to take this game or Shea Gilgis Alexander is going to take this game. No, like Hamadou Diallo, he had his moment in overtime. Abdul Nader had his moment in overtime. I like that. And so, good stat, Brady. Oh, thank you, Madison. You're welcome. <laughs> Ryan, do you have a stat tonight? I did have a stat tonight. Tell us. 15, the number of team fouls number. that the Oklahoma City Thunder conceded tonight. This has been, this season, in my opinion, has been the return of great defense to Oklahoma City. But the thing that I don't see enough people talking about is how the Thunder are defending really, really well without fouling. They had 10 less fouls than Brooklyn tonight. They had much fewer fouls last night against the 76ers. It's just been something that's been really great to watch because in the past, they've been physical, they've played good defense, but they've had the physicality that's bled over into fouls. And tonight, really outside of one, just really, really bad foul that I kind of got on T for gone for just sprinting through Dudley on a screen (laughs) for no reason. They played great defense, and they did it without fouling. So if, if you're not going to give away free fouls and free points at the free throw line, you're going to win a lot of these close games. So bravo. Bravo, young team. Yeah, good job. Good job. Sports. Let's take one more break real quick. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this matchup. They're coming home, guys. And they're going to have a big one on Thursday. I've An almost forgot friend. what they sound like. I know. <laughs> I miss so their long. faces.
Uh, that's I'm going to give joke. Billy Donovan a big hug when I see him. Like, welcome home, And Billy. then I'll be escorted out of the building. <laughs> no, it's going to be great. But they do have a big matchup coming up on Thursday. That's going to be something that we're going to talk about. We're going to go ahead and table this game because it was a good one. They won. Yay. But, uh, yeah, just some things to talk about, about uh, Russell Westbrook coming back to Oklahoma City on Thursday. Are you guys pumped This is a what? big one. Woo. Woo. Ryan's so excited. So we'll talk about it when we get back here on the Franchise Thunder. First take post-game show on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder post-game show. Presented by TotallyTickets.com on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa. Welcome back in. I felt like that break was five ever long, and now you get to hear our voices again. So, hey. Five ever long? Yes. It was so long. It was longer than four. Yeah, it was like, I don't even know, six ever long. It was a really long break, but now you're back with us. You're stuck here. With us for another segment. It's not going to be a super long segment, because I think I accidentally went a little too long in that last one. My bad. No, there is is no escape. There's no escape when Madison and Brady and Ryan are on the radio. Honestly, no one has control over us right now, so we can do what we want. I wonder if Matt Burton's listening. Hey, Matt. He's on a date right now. Aw. He's growing up right before our eyes. I'm so proud of Matt. No wonder Deontay Burton had such a thunderous block (laughs) of Jared Allen tonight. Oh, he did. Yeah. That was good. It's like the Burton blood is just flowing tonight. Yeah. There's nothing in there, no implication there. I don't even know what to say now. Did did I just transport to late night fantasy? What just happened? Well, it is the franchise after dark. I mean, regardless of what the show's called. I mean, it's 10 01. This is past my bedtime, y'all. So things are about to get real. Your bedtime's 7 30. Yeah, I know. It's way past my bedtime. It's 10 01. (laughs) So. We're going to go ahead and transition into what's going to happen here on Thursday, fellas, because we have a big matchup, an exciting matchup, and the return of an Oklahoma City legend, someone that I really think a lot of people are going to be excited that is back for the very first time this season after being traded to the Rockets. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was about to say, was it Tabo Cephalosha? Yeah, Tabo. No, it's James Harden. Like people are still very upset oh, about that. Oh, you could have done that too. Ah. I forgot that James Harden played for the Thunder for about five seconds. Oh Yo, my. He was my favorite Thunder player when he was here. Uh, I was... Um, I had a shirt with I his name on the back. I was 21 when it happened. I was in middle school. No, was I 22? It was during the Notre Dame game. Like We've all heard the story. Like, yeah, it was when OU lost to Notre Dame. Blah, blah, blah. I can't remember what... Brady's crying. Uh, I'm going to do I, the bad research thing. <laughs> OU Notre Dame. I think Dame I had just learned how to crawl. What? No, you're 23 years old. Oh, I'm was, 24. Yeah, it was October 27th, so it was our, I was I had already been 22 for about two or three weeks. What was the year? 2011. 2012. 2012. Yeah. In the year of our Lord. 2012. Oh, I was uh, I was a junior in high school actually. Wow. Yeah, I was about to say middle school. You said middle, middle school. school. I was... Yeah, I was way off there. Honestly, I don't know my years, but yeah, I was a junior in high school. James Harden is coming back on Thursday, fellas. Oh, and Russell Westbrook. So that'll be fun. Right? It is going to be the antithesis of all things, all memories of that Kevin Durant first return to Oklahoma City with the Golden State Warriors. Like all that venom, that hatred, that animosity. Not saying that it was right or wrong, that if you felt a certain way, but everything that happened that night, the opposite will happen. And uh, Paul yeah. George even, uh, Paul George even kind of talked about it to somebody. I saw it on Twitter. Um, his words were like, Russell Westbrook means a whole lot more to Oklahoma than I did, and I got a standing ovation, which he did a few weeks ago when the Thunder beat the Clippers in Oklahoma City, which was a good show of class by the fan base. I was happy to see that. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to be just absolute 
just appreciation. It's it's going to be nonstop. And my question is, how is Chris Paul going to feel about that? Chris Paul's like, okay. Now, like, cool. <laughs> it, it's going to be interesting uh, because knowing Chris Paul, he, he tries to find any, any way to get under somebody's skin or any way yeah. to get some type of advantage over somebody. And one thing that you can do as an opponent to Russell Westbrook is try to get him into playing like an emotional little teenager. I would love that. It's pretty easy. I mean, if Ricky Rubio can do it to you, then I mean, oh, I mean Chris, Chris Paul should really have no problem. But if Russell Westbrook comes out, you know, and feeds off of that adrenaline and starts missing shots, Chris is probably going to be like, no, keep shooting. They want to see you shoot, man. <laughs> so Chris might actually welcome the love that the fan base is going to shower Russell Westbrook. It's going to be interesting to see. Do we know? I I feel like I never even saw anything about this. So when Oklahoma City went to Houston, kind of towards the beginning of the season, did they do anything for Chris? Did they, like, have a tribute video? They had a like, tribute video, okay. and uh, he talked about it. I really didn't know. He talked about it after the game and uh, was appreciative of it. Okay. Chris Paul's classy, so. He is a, he's a classy dude. Uh, well, speaking of that, we have a little bit of audio that um, we found on the internet. It is so from, it must be true. Yeah, I, I think it is. It's from a guy named Salman Ali, and he covers the Rockets for Clutch Points app and ESPN 975. I'm not entirely sure. He has a bunch of different things. He's an awesome person. Good follow if you are a Houston Rockets fan. I'm sure he'll be here on Thursday. Uh, but he posted this really cool video, and it's basically Russell just talking talking a lot about um, what he's expecting for his return on Thursday. Ryan, if you want to fire it up. In that atmosphere? Uh, I mean, obviously, it's uh, different. Just the uh, overall, obviously, that place is always going to be special to me. You got a house? I got a house. up there. Um, you just got the house. A big part of my career there. Met a lot of people there, good organization, great people. Nothing but great things come from me being there. What are your fondest memories wearing that uniform? I mean, I can go a long list, um, but, you know. KD left. Game. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you have special emotions being back there? Will it be emotional for you? It's just business. Uh, it definitely will be, but like I said, I'll talk about it once the game ends. I don't want to get that much into it before the game. Do I strike you as Sounds an emotional right. person? <laughs> Honestly, okay, yeah, that was my first time hearing that. I didn't even like preview it before I sent that to you, Ryan. That that was probably the most Russell Westbrook response I've ever heard. Very uh, dazed and confused with that first question. Like, yeah, it's gonna be special. Uh, he was searching for the words. Oh, uh, it's um, met some good people there. No, it's it's. What? I, I think it's going to be a good celebration of like the good the good times that Russell Westbrook and the Thunder fan base had. It's going to be a celebration of like this franchise being a winning franchise. And you know, a lot of us, you know, a lot of us thought going into the season, hey, they're going to trade this guy, they're going to trade that guy, they're going to tank, they're going to suck. This franchise takes a lot of pride in winning games, so it's going to be a celebration of that too. And then as well, you're going to see guys like Shea, Gilles Alexander, Darius Baisley, Hamadou Diallo, guys that, that could very well be a part of the next. Um, edition of Great Thunder Basketball in the next few years show out there as well against the old guard of Russell Westbrook and James Harden. So it's it's going to be a really good like I, I hope it's a good game. Like obviously I hope it's a good game. 
And I guess for Thunder's, Thunder fans' sake, you, you want to see the Thunder win. But it's just going to be a good event for Oklahoma City. Oh, no, for sure. Because uh, they're also doing the debut of their City Edition jerseys that is honoring the Oklahoma City I, Yeah, Memorial and I just, good, good call. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, no, I'm excited about these jerseys. They look real nice. Um, they do look nice in person. We, yeah, we actually got to see super, it for the first time in person oh gosh, the other beautiful. night. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. No, awesome. I, I think they're fantastic. And that's such a cool thing that Oklahoma City is doing overall. So, yeah, it's going to be a really cool game. Um, Russell, I feel like exactly what he said. He said in that video. He's going to have more to say after the game because he is. He, I will give him this. He is a very, you know, strictly business type of person. I didn't really expect him to just sing praises for Oklahoma City as they're preparing to face the Thunder. Um, and I don't even think it's kind of an up in the air thing of him even playing tomorrow night because they do face the Hawks in Atlanta. And so uh, that will be their first night of a back-to-back. So the Thunder may have some type of advantage in this game because Houston obviously is going to be coming from Atlanta. Um, we, well, I don't even know if Russell's going to play. That's kind of been like a thing. He's, I saw it on Twitter that he's he, not he's, planning He's on playing. It. But Rockets pretty much confirmed earlier in the week that he's going to play. Oh, well, then never mind. Um, no but, worries. Like, it's, it's smart because they, they have been sitting him on the second night of back-to-backs a lot, Right. So. I just saw earlier that, like, maybe he wouldn't, so he'd be fully rested for Thursday. The troll job of that would be just... He's not going that would be to. Kevin Durant-level troll job. That would be <laughs> be awkward. Uh, but, yeah, no, I think it will be a good matchup. Um, Ryan, you had some good things to say about it. Like, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, I'm just looking forward to having him back in the peak just because... Whether you loved him or hated him, 90% of people, it seems like, around here absolutely loved him. Russell Westbrook was the Oklahoma City Thunder after Kevin Durant left. He pulled the city out of a downward spiral. So it'll be really special to see him come back in. And um, I'm really interested to see, uh, just on the floor-wise, how uh, Dennis and Russ match up. Because Dennis is the type of player that, when he's on another team, is the type of player that gets under Russ's skin goes all out and absolutely makes Russ just lose his mind. So I'm interested to see if he's able to do that or if because they were teammates, it's kind of a little more amicable than it would be with other people like Patrick Beverly or Rubio. Oh my God. That would be a fight we're seeing. I hope someone fights on Thursday. How, I love sports fights. How awkward will it be for Thunder fans if Chris Paul or Dennis get into a physical Incredibly spat with awkward. Russ? Everyone just kind of sits down awkwardly because they're just like, um, we're, like wait, the fans are like, we're going to sit this one out. I don't know. Who just, do we? Just everyone get along, please. Well, remember in the first matchup against the Rockets this year, uh, Thunder went down and they dominated the first half and then the third quarter reared its ugly head and the Thunder lost a close game um, as it progressed, but... Um, Russell Westbrook gave Darius Baisley, a 19-year-old rookie who Russell had never met. I mean, I don't know if they've met the business. Like the Russell business. took took him to the rim, scored, and then barked at him the entire time. I wonder if Darius Baisley is <laughs> going to remember that. Especially if, I me mean, for all we know, Danilo Gallinari wasn't just quote unquote hurt tonight because it was the second night of a back-to-back. He might, you know, a right calf contusion. That takes a few days to heal. We don't know if he's going to be able to play that night. If he isn't able to go, it's going to be Darius Baisley in the starting lineup. So I wonder if Darius is going to remember that. I hope so, because that was awesome. That poor guy, 19 years old, getting barked at by Russell Westbrook. I would pee my pants. You just got to be careful barking at interns. You never know when they're going to snap right at you. No, it's true. But honestly, it's going to be an exciting night. I'm really excited. Um Looking forward to being in the peak on Thursday. Obviously, they have a really big matchup on Saturday also. They have the Lakers coming to town, so that'll be fun for Thunder fans. It's a big weekend. 
So, uh, yeah, I guess we can go ahead and cap it off at that. I'm going to be there, too. You are, it's Ryan. It's going to be your Exciting first stuff. game with us. going to be so excited. What a two-game stretch to start off on. Honestly, this is a lot of good things to look forward to, yeah. people. You it's- saw a sideways finger. You saw a guy with the best afro in the association and Jared Allen. Oh, my You're gosh. You're going to see Russell Westbrook back in Oklahoma City. It's, it's a great week for you. I'm honestly still throwing up thinking about Joel Embiid's finger. That was disgusting. Is it okay now? You know, he's a man of all men. He's a man. He's a, an a uber man above, among men. That's what I was trying to say. Man among. Sure. A man among boys. Sure. That's okay. That, whatever. We got there. We got there. That was the one. It's time to wrap this thing up because now Madison's not even making any sense. So thank you so much, guys, for this awesome postgame show. It was a good time. That Let's was, all do it again. Uh, it's jolly good. Always good to talk to everybody here. It is I'm, good to talk I to I love everybody. talking to you guys so much. I'm probably going to talk to you guys tomorrow. I'm sure we will. But that is going to do it for us here on the Franchise Thunder First Take Post Game Show. The Thunder win it at 111 to 103 in overtime in Brooklyn against the Nets. They are now 21 and 18 in the season, 9 and 10 on the road. Brooklyn is going to fall to 16 and 20, and they are 9 and 8 on their home court. And like we said, Thunder are going to be back home against James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and the Rockets on Thursday. It's going to be a big one, so stick with us. We'll have you covered here on the franchise. And thank you so much for listening to us here on the Thunder First Take Post Game Show on 1077 The Franchise, 1079 in Tulsa.